Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Top Stories, the show in which I, Andy Zaltzman, go back in time through the medium of giving you bits from the Bugle podcast to listen to again. Uh, Today we're travelling back in time to April 2013, and we find Britain in the depths of mourning. That's right, it was the dark weeks that followed the death of Margaret Thatcher. It's Bugle issue 231, entitled The Queen Should Play Poker, featuring me and John Oliver. Top Story this week... Britain, a nation in enforced mourning. <laughs> and now, I must admit, Andy, that the funeral of Margaret Thatcher this week uh, did not get much attention here in America at all, mainly due to the fact that they were a little preoccupied with absorbing the latest example of terrorist twattery that brought horror to the streets of Boston, followed by the arrest of an Elvis impersonator who apparently sent rice into the president. So... They've had a lot on their crazy plate here, and it's rather distracted them from the death rights of an 87-year-old stateswoman. Otherwise, Andy, I have no doubt that the US media would have dived headfirst into the overblown coverage like a lactose intolerant <laughs> lady into a soy milk swimming pool. But I'm guessing that in England, Andy, it was wall-to-wall coverage of the funeral with more hysteria than when a pigeon lands on the tennis course at Wimbledon. Now, did you did you watch the funeral or did you stuff straw into a box, poke some air holes in it and fully hibernate the 90 minutes away? <laughs> well, I was trying to you know, deal with my own personal devastation, clearly, John. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. no, I did watch the funeral and um, I, I, did, mm. uh, I did some live Twitter commentary on it, which is really the only way to get through these state occasions. <laughs> um, but as you say, there was wall-to-wall coverage, uh, literally wall-to-wall in uh, town squares in places like Edinburgh and Leeds, where they were showing the funeral on a big screen, and there was no one between the big screen and the wall on the other side of that town square. (laughs) (laughs) Great great photographs (laughs) of just, like, one person staring up at this screen. So I'd rather see the weather forecast. Yeah, could you put it on (laughs) Sky Sports? (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so it was, it was you know, as we suggested last week, it was a very divisive funeral, very much put the FU into funeral. But mm. um, at least now, you know, we know the speculation is over. There was no resurrection. There was no opening of the fiery bowels of hell to welcome in their newest inmate. There was no even, most disappointingly, no classic prank um, of Thatcher bursting out. Of the coffin saying, got ya! <laughs> um, she had the living shit funeraled out of out of her, and uh, Britain has seldom felt odder. It, it did leave me with an extremely queasy feeling about the British state and the nature and purpose of British democracy. It seemed... <laughs> about, you know, was this one of the greatest acts of his history-controlling state propaganda in this country since the Bayer Tapestry showed William the Conqueror personally scoring an overhead kick past King Harold from 45 <laughs> yards in the last minute of the Battle of Hastings. It's only it's felt that way. It felt that way. 
Now, from what I've gathered, Andy, the atmosphere was a little different from the blowout funerals that uh, Britain has staged in the past. You think it, your Princess Dianas, your Queen Mothers. Now, for Margaret Thatcher, it seemed to be less goodbye England's rose and more farewell England's amorphophallus titanium. <laughs> that's, that's one for all you bot- botany fans out there. It meant, Andy, what I'm trying to say is her career was spectacular, but occasionally had a horrific smell about it. Again, again one more for you botany fans. Oh, it's a flower joke. Isn't the internet great, John? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, without it, we're nothing. We're I mean nothing. Nothing. <laughs> there is nothing in my head than facts <laughs> that go in, stay there for a second, and then go out again. I'm nothing. <laughs> so why was she... Uh, again, there was a lot of you know, discussion over her legacy and why she was quite so divisive after all. You know, She did uh, some things that a lot of people thought were great. For this nation, and maybe some of the were, but the problem is, John, she threw a lot of babies out with the bathwater, and not only mm-hmm. did she do that, but before she did that, she boiled the babies down for stock, and then <laughs> poured the stock down the drain in front of some starving northerners. So, it was um, there's plans now to build a Thatcher museum, uh, which uh, what? Margaret, Margaret Thatcher museum in the the style of. Uh, like a no, presidential like library. A presidential library. Oh, that's, let's yeah. not start doing that. Um, yeah, some would argue there are already plenty of Thatcher museums. Um, the High Street in the northern town of Stockton-on-Tees, for example, <laughs> seems to be a temple to urban decay and the failures and, and uh, heartlessness of the Thatcher years. Also, the City of London. That's very much the opposite side of both sides of the Stockton-on-Tees museum. So I don't know if there's actually need, uh, need for this. Um, I had a special simulation run, John. Um, on what would have happened to Britain if Thatcher had never actually existed. Um, and I went to two, because I wanted to get some balance, I went to two different uh, um, political organisations, the uh, right-wing Thatcherite think tank, the uh, Clawhammer of Practicality Institute, um, and the left-wing pressure group, Marxist Mark and the Fund Bunk. And um, <laughs> one of these... <laughs> oh, that needed more work. One of these simulations. No, 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 Andy. No. Without Thatcher. Look, even masterpiece painters, Andy, need to know when to stop, and you stopped at the right time. It was finished. Uh, without Thatcher, uh, apparently Britain today would be a cultural, industrial, and ethical wasteland haunted by the post imperial ghosts of the nation it could have been. And the other showed that without Thatcher, Britain would have been a thriving financial centre with higher standards of living than it ever had before, consumer choice, and unprecedented commercial freedoms and opportunities. Oh, no, oh. sorry, no, that's, sorry, those are the wrong reports. Those are both just reports on what has actually happened after Thatcher, <laughs> but from different parts of the nation. There had uh, been real concerns about protests uh, during the funeral procession, but these luckily were limited to a few people shouting, booing, and then others lining the streets <laughs> only to turn their backs. And that seems to be a quintessentially English insult, Andy. <laughs> Standing outside for hours in the cold and rain, only to then snub the procession with a devastating gesture of poor manners. <laughs> but, there was also turning... one, my favourite protest, it was just a guy standing... By the route. And similarly, he must have waited there for hours. And he just held up a placard about you know, a foot across and a foot high with the word boo written on it. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that was it. That was it. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> but I like the fact that by, t- by turning your back, essentially what you're saying to the former Prime Minister is, good day to you, Margaret. I said good day. <laughs> Well, that, I mean, that, that was, I guess, you know, in some ways, it, it just, just, there's two sides to every coin, John. Uh, you know, it just depends which way you look at it. Uh, you know, some people might say there was, there was a massive protest and it was all mm-hmm. 
uh, a protest uh, against the fact that she died. And I'd have liked to see the police react in the same way they've reacted with other protests and start kettling the crowd inside <laughs> St Paul's Cathedral and firing water cannons at Henry Kissinger just to see if, just to see if he dissolves. <laughs> Thousands of people lined uh, the street of London along with uh, 2,300, as you mentioned, inside uh, St Paul's Cathedral, including Prime Minister David Cameron and even the Queen. And the fact that the big Q-tip herself was there was a big deal. And yet... All the cutaway shots of her face showed her wearing the same expression that she always has, Andy. That featureless, empty scowl somewhere between boredom and contempt. She, she has the same detached facial projection of nothing at every event she goes to, Andy, whether it's watching a funeral or her grandson's wedding or herself jumping out of a helicopter during the Olympics opening ceremony. Her face is the same during everything, Andy. Absolutely everything. In fact, she would be a world-class poker player, the Queen. <laughs> I think that's the way we should fund the royal family in the future. Once a year, the taxpayer doesn't just give her money. We lend her money to go to Vegas for a week and hit the poker rooms. And I guarantee within a few days she'll come back having quadrupled it. <laughs> Uh, she had a very similar face to the one that she had during much of the Olympic uh, opening ceremony. That's, um, yeah. And uh, for me, I think, you know, that Britain has shown what it can do with a big ceremony. And uh, to me, this was too traditional. should have embraced the new modernity that the uh, Olympics opened. I'd have liked to see Margaret Thatcher escorted to St Paul's Cathedral by James Bond in a helicopter before <laughs> that, having oh, her that, coffin dropped from 2,000 feet through the famous so dome. good. We know people like it, so why don't you yeah. do it? It doesn't make any sense. Now, what, one of the great things about funerals is that you sometimes get to find out little snippets about someone's life uh, that you weren't aware yeah. of. And apparently Margaret Thatcher found the Queen a little too left-wing for her, <laughs> which means one of two things. Either the Queen is a lot more liberal than anyone knew, or Margaret Thatcher was even more right-wing than <laughs> physics thought was even possible. Uh, the, the relationship between Thatcher and the Queen was heavily spun by people, uh, with one pundit saying, both women shared a love of people being punctual. And <laughs> if that is your go-to comparison for common ground, I think you might as well just say, both women really didn't like one another. <laughs> Oh, there, there were some efforts made to keep the uh, funeral as unpolitical as possible, but it didn't really uh, succeed in a lot of ways. Just the mere fact of having it as essentially a state funeral was, was a great political gesture. And increasing suspicions, John, that David Cameron is fully delusional, uh, such as the <laughs> grief that has struck him and his party. Last week we just talked about how he said Margaret Thatcher saved this nation, and um, during the funeral there was a lovely moment. I was watching it on the BBC News Channel with their little news ticker underneath, and as the coffin was wheeled into St Paul's Cathedral on its magic cart, the little news news flash came up on the little ticker saying "Unemployment up by seventy thousand. And he thought that's <laughs> that is what she would have wanted on that day of all days. David Cameron on national radio that morning, having pledged not to make the funeral a political occasion, said, "We are all Thatcherite." Now, and he might as well have just put a balaclava on, leapt on top of the coffin and said, I'm hijacking this funeral, take me to the next election or else. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Do go and tell all your friends about this show and current bugles and or leave a review or nice comment somewhere. Online, ideally, rather than daubed on the side of a historic monument. Goodbye. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. 
Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now.